chapter 20 of the story. And uh, just to kind of set the set the the uh, the background here, uh, we still have. Uh, this is a story that occurred when the Jewish people were still in exile. All right. So here we have a uh, uh, a lady that just ha- a Jewish lady that just happens to be in the right place at the right time, and she doesn't quite yet know it. She has been made queen over literally the entire known world to those who were writing this uh, uh, this particular uh, uh, part of the Bible. And um, she's faced with a tough choice. Because you see, my friends, the, even though she was the queen, she had to follow some very special protocol. She, didn't, couldn't, she just couldn't walk up to the king and say, Hey, I got a to-do for you. Isn't that cool, guys? No. Instead, what she had to do, if you walked up to the king and spoke first, he could have you beheaded instantly. People would gather there and he had to extend his scepter and allow you to touch it. And that meant you could speak. So here she is living the good life, queen, lots of good stuff. And out of the book of Esther, uh, uh, a friend of Queen Esther by the name of Mordecai comes to her and says, Hey, I know you're living a nice little protected life, but do you know what? Your own little protected life? Someone has manipulated the king. The king doesn't know that Queen Esther is Jewish. He really doesn't care. But someone has manipulated the king and he signed an order that every single Jew is going to be wiped out. And here she is in her nice little palace, her nice little safe home, and her friend Mordecai comes with her with a tough, tough question. Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not think that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silence at such a time as this, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another quarter. In other words, God's gonna, God's gonna fix it either way. But you and your father's family will perish because you didn't take a stand. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to a royal dignity for just such a time as this. Maybe all of this is not coincidental. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join me in prayer. Father, open our eyes, ears, hearts, and minds to the transforming power of Your Word. May we leave here today through the power of the Holy Spirit, changed because of our encounter with it. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. There's a story about a very wealthy businessman. Extraordinarily wealthy. Big palatial uh, home, all the rest of the stuff. And he shared his wealth with his employees. So, And the employees were well paid. They loved their job. They had all the benefits they needed. They were really in a good place working for this man. 
So in celebration for all of the success that they had done, this very wealthy businessman decides to bring them all together and have a huge party at his house. And he's got all of the uh, the employees standing around when all of a sudden they look at the man's huge swimming pool and it is filled with live alligators. The wealthy businessman stepped out into the backyard and he said, Thank you for all that you have done. And now I'm willing to give one person here anything they desire. A million dollars, the deed to this house, whatever would make you happy. All you have to do is jump in one end of that pool, swim to the other end, and make it out alive. He turned his back to the pool and to his amazement he heard a splash. He heard a splash. And he turned around to see this woman kicking, fighting, swimming, punching, dragging her way all across the pool until finally she made it to the other side. She drug herself out of the pool. She was bloody, bruised, broken, and absolutely exhausted. Well, the wealthy businessman walked over to her and he said, I can't believe it, but you did it. And I am a man of my word. I will give you whatever you want. Exhausted, the woman looked at him and went, What I want, what I want, what I want is to know who pushed me in that pool. My friends, even when things are going well, good job, da-da-da-da-da-da, things can happen that are completely out of your control that make you feel like you got pushed into a pool filled with live alligators. And that you have to make a choice to either jump right back out of the pool or fight your way to get through it to the other side. The book of Esther is a story about a Jewish woman who, through a series of events, ended up being queen of one of the most powerful nations, the most powerful nation at that time. And she was made queen to a pagan king, and he was ruler of, for the writers of these books, the, all of the known world. The king didn't know that she was Jewish and he really didn't care. She was absolutely beautiful. She was elegant and he loved her very much and her life was easy, comfortable, and absolutely wonderful. Did you know the book of Esther is the only book in the Bible where the word God does not appear anywhere? Anywhere. It's not there. But as you read this book, you, are, you can see clearly God's hand in all of this. You see, there was a man by the name of Haman. And Haman hated the Jews. Hated them. 
And he manipulated the king. Remember, the king didn't know his queen was Jewish. And he manipulated the king into signing an order that all of the Jews would be killed. So the king allowed Haman to set the date for when the massacre would occur. And Haman did that by casting lots or rolling the dice to set the date. Haman was full of himself. He had won. These nasty Jews were going to be gone. He was in charge, pulled those dice up, rolled them, and the date was set for the massacre. It was set for Adar the 13th, or on our calendar, March 10th. Haman thought, I have won. Hear these words out of the book of Proverbs about who's really in charge of those dice. The lot is cast into the lap, but the, lo- but the decision is the Lord's alone. He's in control. And by the Lord picking that date, He gave the Jews time. During this time, Queen Esther is confronted by a friend. You know, she's living in the palace. She doesn't know what's going on. Confronted by a friend and she's stuck with a difficult decision. In other words, she's been pushed into a pool of alligators. Regardless of what happens, she's in it. She could jump right back out and say, don't want nothing to do with it. Sorry. Heading back to my palatial palace. Or she could choose to swim to the other side. If she confronts the king and the king doesn't like what she says and finds out that she's a Jew, she could be killed. Even if she confronts him in the wrong way. But if she remains silent, all of her people will be killed. So Queen Esther has a tough choice to make. She has a tough choice to make. To try to swim to the other side. And that's what she decides to do. And because she's been given time by the supposed random chance of the roll of the dice, she's able to have several dinners. And she works with the king until finally the king says, I'll give you whatever you want. He says, what is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given you even to the half of my kingdom. Eventually, Queen Esther reveals Haman's plot. And the king realizes that he has been manipulated. And when she reveals it, guess who's sitting right next to the king? Haman. And ends up that Haman is the one that ends up losing his life for the treachery and the betrayal and the lies that he had given the king. And on Adar the 13th, the day the dice said they were all to die, a huge, huge, huge celebration broke out all across the Jewish people. Today... They continue to celebrate that 
tradition. And it is on the day of Purim, the celebration. I'm telling you what, if you're in a Jewish community on Purim, they party. All right? The Hebrew word pur means to cast lots or roll the dice. In other words, Purim, the celebration that God was in control of what we thought was happenstance. God was in control, and it was no coincidence that those dice rolled to be under His control and His, uh, and His, uh, decision. And God is not mentioned anywhere in the book of Esther. The message of Purim is that regardless, listen to me, regardless of what life throws at you, regardless of who pushed you in the pool, God's behind-the-scenes present guides all that seems to be coincidence to us. And all of the celebrations that the Jewish people had were all prequels. They were all foreshadowing of the one that was to come. In this one, it was the foreshadowing of who was controlling the dice. Listen out of the book of Colossians. Therefore, do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food, drink, or of observing festivals, new moons, or the Sabbath. Get out there and celebrate those happenings because these are only a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. And of course, Christ was the one in control of those dice 479 years before He was going to become human. And of course, the biggest celebration of all that Christ fulfilled was Passover. Passover was when you brought in a lamb to try and take away your sins for just a little while. And Christ was going to come and that was just a foreshadowing of what the once and for all sacrifice, the once and for all forgiveness, atonement, payment to God for our sins. You think Esther might have been a little afraid? My friends, for those of us who believe in Christ, we do not need to fear anything. Even when we're tossed into the pool of alligators. Esther tells us that we don't need to be afraid even when circumstances seem to randomly push us in that pool of alligators. Fear. We are a culture permeated with fear. And you don't see it until you get out of our culture. Fear that we don't have the right kind of body. Fear that we're going to get laid off. 
Fear that we're not going to have enough money to retire on. Fear of disease. Fear of being hurt. Fear of being made fun of. Fear of walking out across the street. Do you, do you realize that, that the number of child abductions is the same now as it has been for all of the time of our country? But the fear that has been whipped up is making us paranoid. It hasn't changed. Fear of giving your kids medication. Fear of finding the right doctor. Fear of medical bills. Fear of this or that or being picked on. All of that filled with fear. And I want you to think for a moment. I want you to think about your life. What dominates your fear? The last time you couldn't get to sleep, what were you tossing and turning over? What dominates your thoughts as you go through the day? What makes you go... (gasps) I want you to think about it. Is it a loved one? Is it health? Is it an addiction? Is it an abuse? Is it a nasty boss? Is it your kids? Is it your parents? Is it your job, your income, your next mortgage payment? In your heart, right now in your heart silently, I want you to name that fear. Name it. And now as you think about that fear, I want you to hear the iron-clad words out of the book of Romans. We know that What's the underlying word? All things work together for good for those who, the next two words, love God, who are called according to His purpose. When you are living your life according to His purpose, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to keep you up at night. You have nothing to prevent you from becoming all that God wants you to do. Regardless of what has happened, and it's amazing how much time we spend being afraid of things that have already happened, or something that is happening, or being afraid of something that will happen. The book of Esther says, Be Filled with courage, my friends, and cast your fears aside. There is no such thing as a coincidence. You may have thought that somebody drug you here today and forced you to come, but you were supposed to be here. You were preordained to be here before the beginning of time. 
cast it aside. For all, we know that all things work together for the good for those who love God and who are called according to His purposes. Yeah, you might be in the middle of the alligators and they may blood you a little bit, but they will never conquer you. Can I get an amen? You may be in the middle of alligators, but as long as you love God and are called according to His purposes, they will never conquer you. Can I get a loud amen to that? Keep on swimming. Keep on swimming to the other side. Take a courageous stand just like Esther, knowing that life at times may look like a roll of the dice. Driving down the road... And all of a sudden somebody smashes into you. But God is behind the scenes working to make all things to the good. God does not force us to get sick. God does not cause car crashes. God does not cause babies to die. God does not give us cancer. All of that comes from living in a fallen world filled with Satan. But God gives us the power to swim to the other side and make it out alive. Join me in prayer. Dear glorious and gracious Father, I am so thankful for someone like Queen Esther the courage that woman had to take to stand. But she stood. And you kept the Jewish people alive so that you could fulfill the promise to Abraham of the coming Messiah. The, pan, the plan is still in place because of what one woman did. I pray that the Holy Spirit will descend and wherever anyone is at, in this place that they name their fear, they cast it aside, they stay focused on the prize and swim towards you. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.